and welcome to mysisterskeeper.blog, the podcast. My name is Marcia Cato, and I'm so excited for you to join us today. I believe sisterhood is so much more than biological. It is a choice, an intentional decision to involve yourself in the life of another and in turn invite others to engage in your life. As a single mom, the vital role my sisters play in my life has never been clearer to me. Join my sisters as we explore motherhood with all its joys and challenges, co-parenting, mental and emotional health and wellness, and this beautiful thing called community. My aim here is simple, to engage a community of sisters, to share real life experiences and the lessons we've gleaned from them. Come with us as we journey to discover deeper connections as sisters, as human beings, to repossess the embodiment of Good day, my sisters, and welcome to today's episode of mysisterskeeper.blog. I am so glad that you've taken the time to come and join us for today's episode. In today's episode, season one, episode seven of mysisterskeeper.blog, we will be jumping back into our conversation with Keisha Shaw Barnes, licensed clinical mental health counselor and balanced life strategist and my former counselor. In today's portion of the conversation, we are going to be delving into her book, Where's Your Tank? A Strategy for Living a Full Life, and sharing more about her thought process in writing the book and just her goal and her mission as a counselor. I hope that you will enjoy listening in and spending this time with us today. Let's have a listen. So one of the things I wanted to make sure that we took time to talk about is your book. I definitely wanted to take to make sure I wanted to make sure we got time to talk about your book. Maybe we'll come back and talk some more about our shared time together, definitely. But um, I know I've shared it. I'm not even sure how many times. Yay. Many. <laughs> I'm not even sure. I, I can't even say. Um, but I realized, I think yesterday that and I probably realized it at the time when I initially purchased the book that the phrasing from the title where's your tank was something that you used to use in session all the time (laughs) I found the original note (laughs) where you assigned that as homework you know where where are your tanks um so I'm going to ask you can you can you sum up for us what is the basis of where's your tank and what's your what's your goal with this book absolutely so where's your tank Honestly, it it really was birthed out of my spending time with clients and realizing most people landed in my office because they were empty. Um, And I had had my own struggle with anxiety back when I was in graduate school for the first time that I recognized it as anxiety in, in my life was when I was in graduate school doing way too much, had on my little superwoman cape flying all around about to die, but flying all around looking like I wasn't. And so between my own experience and me having me coming to this realization with so many of my clients that there was this common thread of people pouring out more than they were putting in. um, I really just, I really say it was Holy Spirit inspired that I started using the gas tank as an analogy 
And the more that I used it, I realized there was this parallel with the way that most people, there are always exceptions to the rule, but the way that most people manage the gas tank in their car is very similar, if not the exact same, to the manner in which they take care of themselves. Um, Even down to you thinking about your vehicle gets you to and from multiple places, especially people that live in cities like we live in. Um, You are transporting the most important people in your life, including yourself. But, you know, typically that includes your kids your maybe your spouse, significant other. Yet a lot of us drive around like we just don't (laughs) like it don't matter. It does not matter if the light is on. We will figure it out. And so the book really breaks down what it means to live out of a place of fullness. Um, So from a a half a tank to a full tank, that, that is what I strongly suggest for my clients, for my family, for my friends, for anybody, honestly, that will listen. And I probably get on everybody's nerves that I talk to. But um, I, I suggest living from a half to full tank. With my clients, I teach them how to do that. Um, and then I also describe what it means to, you know, be the person that puts just enough gas in their tank to get where they need to go. That part's dedicated to my husband, although he's gotten much better, but (laughs) that piece is dedicated to him. Um, Then there are the people that are a quarter of a tank. There are people that are on empty. Um, And then there are people that are fumes like, you know, and, and I and I break down each one of them. And I talk about not only what that means to your actual vehicle, but what that means for you. And then I go on to teach the reader um, very practical ways to just ensure that you are consistently refueling um, your spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional tank, all four of which are important because all four of them make you a whole human. Um Back when I started having anxiety attacks in graduate school, I would have easily told people that my spiritual tank stayed full. I was super intentional about that. I um, was in several ministries. I led a couple of ministries. I um, would leave my full-time job and I'd go to noonday Bible study and I'd be at two services on Sunday, like all the things. Mm-hmm. You want to know where my first anxiety attack happened? In noonday Bible study. Why? Because I probably need to be somewhere else relaxing and breathing and like just sit sit still. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as I started to experience these anxiety attacks, it honestly was the Holy Spirit that convicted me. It was like, get somewhere and sit down. Like, you're doing too much. Get somewhere and sit down. You are doing the most, girl. And I what I realized was I was in in essence what the Holy Spirit was saying is you are giving so much 
and you're getting nothing in return. Because let's be honest with ministry, ministry is like this ministry gives you something, but it also takes a lot when you are truly putting your heart and soul into it. So whether that's leading ministry, whether that's, you know, doing worship, whatever that looks like, it, it's almost like it is this even exchange if you're not careful. And what I was doing was I was doing all of these ministry things, but I never sat back and just poured into Keisha's soul. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it was affecting all the other parts of my life. So mentally and emotionally, mentally at that point, I was struggling with anxiety. Um, emotionally, my emotions stayed all over the place. I was dragging lady to my oldest daughter, to my husband, to probably everybody that existed. Um, and physically I didn't take care of myself. And although it didn't look that way externally, um, I didn't exercise. I ate whatever I wanted to eat. Like I didn't drink probably even a bottle of water a day. Like I just, none of those things crossed my mind and they were very important. And so Mm -hmm. in the book, I give homework because I like homework. Um, I give homework to the reader to get them on the track of figuring out what their tanks need. My tank and your tank is different because I'm sure what I drive and what you drive is different. Um, and even if we drive the same car, because I'll say this to people, I, I, you know, comparison really robs us in so many ways. And so I tell people, even if we drive the same car, it is highly unlikely that it's the exact same year with the exact same mileage, with the exact same trim and the tires are the same. Like all the things are not going to be the same. So right. We do ourselves a disservice when I'm comparing my tanks to your tanks. Well, if I drive a big old infinity truck that I can't stand right now with gas prices, then my gas tank is bigger. The capacity is just different than Mm -hmm. somebody who's driving a coupe. Yes. It's different. And it's not a matter of either person being better or worse. It's just understanding your capacity and, and, and living within it. Now, yes. with me saying all of that about this book, I am going to be so transparent and vulnerable as we just, we just okay. use that word, right? Over the last probably eight months, I will be the first to openly admit I have been a huge hypocrite with this. (laughs) Gas prices have made it really hard. Listen, yes. Really hard. Gas prices have made it really hard. Um, The gas light has come on in my truck more in the last eight months than probably the last five years of my life. No lie. I, um, and when it's happened, every time I like giggle to myself because I'm like, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah, this, it's, this, it's real. Like, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is real. Mm-hmm. But I will say the one thing that I think makes me 
even in that place makes me slightly different than most people is I'm still very intentional and I'm always consciously aware of what's going on. So I'll, I'll say to myself, Keisha, what is going on? And I'm like, you know, you just took on this new role and you stopped seeing clients and there's kind of this, you know, this identity crisis, you're used to seeing clients all the time. Like I I can process all those things Mm -hmm. and I can easily say to myself what I need to do to start filling myself up. So see, that's where, that's the distinction between me and a lot of people. A lot of people can recognize their deficiencies, but then they don't know what to do with them. That's not me. I'd be like, well, girl, go get a massage. Well, girl, go get in the bathtub. Well, girl, you know, cancel all your other meetings for the week and don't feel bad about it. Um, I, I'm able to make those intentional decisions and self-correct. Um, I will very proudly say I've not gotten to uh, an empty take. I've been teetering between a half and a quarter. I'll be honest. Mm. And gas prices do play a role in that. I'm not going to lie. No, really. Like there, there have been times where normally it's like, okay, I'm right here beside Sam's. I'll get gas. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. I'm gonna wait another half a day. I'll mm-hmm. be back. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have pushed it, but you know, in the in the book, I one of the reasons I warn against it is truth of the matter is there are truly life experiences that happen that we that pop up. We don't know, right? And we want to be prepared for those. And I think probably when I really was like, Kishi, you can't live your life like this, um, was a couple of months ago, our dog, my granddaughter, she um, she has seizures anyways, but this particular night, she had a cluster of seizures. Like she would go into a seizure and she'd come out and she'd go into one and she'd come out. And over the course of an hour and a half, she had like 10 and oh it was goodness. scary. And we were panicked. And when I came home that day, I knew that my gas light was on. I knew it was on, but I also had plans of tomorrow, first time, first thing when I get up, before I go to my office, I'm going to fill up. Well, it's the wee hours of the night. It's like 1230 we're calling her pediatrician, I'm her pediatrician, Lord, those are my children. We're calling the vet and the vet's like, none of the local vets had space for her, for us to bring her. So long story short, the closest vet to do what we needed them to do with her was in Winston. Oh, I don't live in Winston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it's like one thirty in the morning. All gas stations ain't open at 1.30 in the morning. No, not, not in North Carolina. So when me and my husband get in my truck and the gas light is on and I'm holding this dog that every 10 minutes she's having a seizure and I'm just like, I just want us to get there. Like I need us to be teleported there in like five minutes. And now we got to stop to get gas. That was it for me. Like I, was, like, I said, listen, this is why I can't live this way. Oh, yes. But people live that like that all the time. Mm-hmm. 
and never self-correct. And I really, 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 I wrote the book. You said, what, what was your intention? I want people to live full. I know that we can, um, even though I don't bat, you know, I don't dot every I and cross every T because I'm human and vulnerable and flawed. Right. Um, even with me teaching this, I've just crossed a season in my life where I, I had to realize, man, although you may be a master at this balance thing, all masters get beat, you know, master chess players. There are times that they're like, doggone, that one wrong move and somebody got me. That's probably been my last eight months where I really realized, Keisha, if you don't stay on top of this, you can end up just like everybody else. And that's not the goal. The The goal is not for us to live lives where we are just surviving. Um, and that is how so many people have lived, especially people of color. Um, the goal is not just survival. The goal is for us to thrive. And we can't thrive without our decisions being intentional. Absolutely. 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 Um, I thinking of uh, probably two, if not three different authors whose names are now escaping me, um, who speak on that same uh, concept of making life about thriving and not merely surviving. Yeah. And I think that recognizing the tendency to be comfortable mm -hmm. with survival as the goal is the issue. It's like, okay, yes, we survived the day. That that can't be the goal, though. Like, I don't even know if I should can let that be the bare minimum standard, right? Because then, well, I at least cleared that, and and you're still not striving for more. You're not striving for full. Um, yeah. The concept of full living full. Um, there was a a course I did with uh, my brother and my sister in law a couple years ago called Designing Your Life. Mm -hmm. And I, of course, don't remember the author of that either. That's awful. Um, and one of the things I love about them is that they have you be pretty meticulous about pulling your life apart and finding the pieces of it that are pour-ins and the things that are drains. Yeah. And recognizing the things that may be enjoyable for you, but they they take, they, they yes. come at cost. Yes. Yeah. They, they come at cost. Mm -hmm. So one of the things they, they ask you to be intentional about in your schedule is recognizing what things pull and draw from you and what things in your schedule pour into you and trying to balance them out through the course of your day. Yeah. Maybe that's not attainable, but the course of your week. Okay. So by the end of the week, you get to top things back off. And um, that for me was beautiful. Um, because one of the things I use as my pour in is the time that I get to meet up with my girlfriends yeah. virtually. Mm -hmm. um, we don't necessarily all get on the calls all the time anymore as we did at the beginning of the pandemic. But yeah. for a while where I wasn't seeing many people other than my little one, yeah. being able to have this time guaranteed I'm going to see these sisters for 20 to 30 minutes, maybe longer. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. It was all of the life giving. Yes. And I, I strongly encourage people to 
take the time to to look at your life. Take the time to look at the things that are draws, even if they're positives. Yes. Like I remember clearly we did a, what was it? Like a SWOT analysis, I think. Something Probably. along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we did like a SWOT analysis. Sorry, I laugh because I've done them at work. So it's just kind of funny. But um, I remember you specifically saying to me, it's like, okay, you're you're writing down all your negatives and I don't, I don't see anywhere, not negatives, but the, the things that draw on you. I don't see anywhere that you put your little one. And I was like, wait, I'm allowed to say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I recognize that now because it's, it's real and it's true. And there there isn't anything good or bad about it. It's honest. It's just true. And failing to acknowledge that means that I am now labeling myself in my head as there's something wrong with me doggone it spending time with this little person or making sure that I have budgeted time throughout the week can be a lot it's a draw (laughs) (laughs) this lovely concept of making sure that you are pouring in as you are pouring out it always gets me. It still gets me. So being intentional about making those observations in my own life have been so helpful. And I hope that this conversation with Keisha, this portion of the conversation has been helpful to you and helps you to think about your life a little more analytically, if you will, to see where you can be intentional about making sure that you're pouring in so that you can be more of a full picture to pour into the lives of your loved ones and those who you work with on a day-to-day basis. Again, thank you so much for spending time with us today. You could choose to spend your time anywhere and that you took the time to come and listen to this episode today means so much to me. I hope that it was life-giving to you, life-affirming, and I hope that you'll come back to hear continuation of this conversation with Keisha. We're not quite finished yet, still more to share. Um, she is such a wealth of knowledge. I just need to make sure that we could get it all within our time frames. I do not want to belabor our time together. I know what it is to listen to a podcast while you're on the go. And I just want to make sure that we can fit in with the time that you have available. Thank you so much for listening to us today. And I hope that you will join us again for the continuation of this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today on the mysisterskeeper.blog podcast. My hope is that you will hear a little of your story or your sister's story in the experiences we share here and know that you are not alone. Motherhood is fierce. Life is challenging. But I believe that the creator will give us what we each need to equip us for the task at hand. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and rate on your favorite podcast app. Let our time together inspire us to show up and connect with someone today. Let's go out and live.